With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the best team in the National Hockey League has now beaten every other team in the league at least once this season. The only team before tonight Boston had not beaten was the Edmonton Oilers. They hadn't played them. And the Bruins win 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Let's go straight down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Much in order to get the, um, you know, to score. Um, but when we broke down, they made us pay. And, um, you know, we were unable to find the equalizer there in the third period. But I thought there was a lot of positives to take out of that game tonight. You were deep in the playoffs where there's that same feeling of those little mistakes can just get you. Yeah. And they sort of felt like a similar type of game tonight. Was it just those those little mistakes being the difference? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if you look at the game tonight, I, like I said, uh, our team's competition level, our effort, our attention to detail for the most part was excellent. Um, you know, on some of the the goals that went in, you know, there's small individual error that if we uh, had a do-over, we might play a certain play uh, differently. And uh, in the end, when you get down to, um, you know, deeper and deeper into the year, it's the team that manage those situations the best that move on. But uh, as I said, I, I was quite pleased um, with our effort tonight. I thought it was a very high-paced game. It was one of the quickest games we played this year. Um, you know, we didn't come out on top, but uh, we'll take some positives out of that game and, and try and grow from the moments where we know we could be better in. Jay, when, you, when the players are coming off the ice, uh, they're visibly frustrated. You can almost sense it. And your team did not give up even when they were down five on three with two minutes remaining. Yeah. What did you learn about your group tonight? Well, I mean, we had the belief that we were going to score. Um, we put the people on the ice in that situation that we did because for that very reason, it's a tactic uh, when you're down like that. Obviously, it's it's no fun. Um, you know, I thought penalty kill was great tonight. You know, we had to kill off a four-on-three. We had to kill off a full five-on-three. On the five-on-three, we had a two-on-one and three-on-two. Um, so arguably, we might have had the better chances in that situation. So I saw a lot of uh, character in our group, which I know is there. Um, so I'm not surprised by that. Uh, but uh, I thought that was uh, well, for the most part, a really well-played game by both teams. In the end, we've made one more mistake and, and we're made to pay. Jay, in the uh, third period, you're down, you're pressing, but, but you've managed to press created the best chance Yamamoto and Yanmark but yep. didn't give up much up until that that power play what did you like about your ability to press without you know being loose yeah I think we talked about that in between periods the stick to 
a level of persistence without changing their game. We knew that the other team wasn't going to change. They play the same way uh, night in, night out. Uh, so they weren't going to change. So it was a challenge for us um, not to try and break the game open every second of, of that final period. We, we were confident that we were going to find the equalizer. We had chances. We didn't, uh, we didn't find it, but we had chances. And, you know, I look at the game sheet, I think we gave up 21 even strength shots on net. We only had one power play in the game. Um, but 21 even strength shots, um, you know, we do that more often than not and have that type of effort that we had tonight. Um, we're going to win a lot more games than we won't. Where do you come out on, in key games like that, you don't get many chances. And, you know, Yamamoto had a few really good ones. And you just you want guys to bear down? Is that unlucky? How do you, how do you where do you come out on that? Is, is that as equal of, a, of an error as maybe a, a wrong defensive read? Yeah, I don't know about an error, but I would say a moment that we can be better at. Um, certainly there's a few of those, and it's not just on one person. But, you know, we had the opportunity to, to bear down and, and either find uh, that next goal, and we didn't do it tonight. But, you know, uh, in terms of where I put my thought uh, and attention, scoring goals for our team isn't necessarily one of them. Speaking of scoring goals, he doesn't like to talk about it a lot, but 50 goals is is a big number anyway. 51, in, or sorry, 50 in 61 games is is really impressive. He's got eight now in the last four, and he just he seemed to be all around it tonight. I know you've. It's kind of hard to describe it differently, but how impressive is it for you, 50 and 61? Yeah, amazing. Dominant, uh, dominant player. By far the best player in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, but, um, you know, what we're seeing on ice, the excellence, it's hard to describe night in, night out any differently than I have. Um, but what I'm most impressed with is how he carries himself day in, day out, um, and how he really is driven to to help our team win. And uh, that's what consumes him. That's what um, his motivation is, trying to press uh, or move our move our team forward here as we work through the schedule. So, um, but he's playing great. He's inspiring a lot of his teammates, and uh, certainly appreciated by his teammates and coaching staff. Jay, I just want to get your thoughts on Clem Costin's game tonight. It seemed like he was very involved in the action. Yeah, um, you know, I thought there were good parts to his game, and then parts that can can improve a little bit. Um, you know, he was in the box a little more than he would like or we would like. That uh, negates some of his minutes. Um, you know, uh, but I, I think he brings a physical element. It was nice to have him back in the lineup. Um, you know, he made a nice play on uh, on that second goal for us coming out of the box to find Connor like that and you know he's uh, it's just nice to have a healthy Klim back in the lineup good thanks guys okay that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after Boston wins 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place Reed Wilkins Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford overtime open line thanks a lot for joining us well Rob for most of this game it was either tied or Boston led by a goal as the Oilers lead only lasted 13 seconds and Boston was very comfortable in that situation. I'm not saying the Oilers weren't, because I, I agree with Woody. They did a lot of good things tonight. Yep. But Boston, a uh, little better finishing, first of all, to get that lead. And then they were able to take a, a punch on McDavid's 50th goal of the season. And then for most of the third period, I thought, even though Edmonton had the puck, again, very under control, very composed. Well, you, you pointed it out between periods that this... 
Bruin team plays a lot of one-goal games, and they're very comfortable in it. Uh, uh, they've got a lot of guys with championship pedigree. They know what it takes, and, and they're not. Uh, the moment's not too big for any of them. And uh, other than a coaching mistake at the end of the game with their power play, uh, the Bruins played a pretty solid defensive game. And I thought both teams played good. T to me, it was two good hockey clubs that both played well. Uh, and at the end of the night, the Bruins got one more save and the Edmonton Oilers probably wasted a couple grade A scoring chances they weren't able to capitalize on. Now, I know that, that one of the questions was, is, is it an error when a player doesn't score just like a, missing a defensive assignment? No, it's not. Scoring in the National Hockey League is hard. A guy doesn't make an error when he doesn't put the puck in the net. Sometimes uh, it's confidence sometimes it's a bad pass sometimes the puck bounces the wrong way uh, but the others did have enough chances to win this hockey game but usually uh, the better team in a game where both teams play well the team that's the better of the the two finds a way to win and the Boston Bruins this year have proven that they're the best team in the National Hockey League and again they found another way to win Bruins win seven in a row which for them is almost routine as they go to 46 8 and 5 on the season a record that almost doesn't make sense <laughs> when, when you look at it to have single-digit regulation losses on the second last day of February is is pretty amazing 32-0-2 when they have the lead after two periods but you mentioned it a crazy finish to the game well let's let's go back to with 706 remaining Costin goes in to hit Krejci Mm -hmm. And and I even from our view up top, I thought he clipped his head. I, I 100%. Helmet popped off, and I'm thinking, okay, was it an elbow? Was it a shoulder? Are they going to say intentional, not intentional? So they give him a five-minute. And, and it's I watched the referees when he did it. The referees said to the one referee said to the other, "I'm going to give him five, and then we're going to watch video." To me, that's the right call. It, it's really fast. The guy did get hurt. He was bleeding. Uh, it was in a small area, so it's hard to see how it happened. But when you give them a five and you can watch the video, you can correct it if it's wrong. So to me, I had, I had absolutely no problem with the referee making the five-minute major call and then going and looking at the video and saying, you know what, I, I'm wrong. See, now if they would, now I don't know the rule, if they only gave them two, are they allowed to look at video? So no, they only review majors. Majors, yeah. so that was a good play, or a good smart move by the referee. I'm going to give him a major, and then we will see what it was. And they made the right call. Now, Costin was freed from the penalty box there. <laughs> he couldn't avoid punishment with four and a half minutes left. He takes a four-minute high-stacking penalty for cutting Bergeron. So now you're thinking, well, there's the Oilers' chance. Then DeHarnay... He got his money's worth on oh, that slash. That was that was a wick, that was a yeah. wicked slash. That was a one hand from a big man. That that's going to leave a mark. That would like you. Yeah, I guess if you're going to take the penalty, I mean, you make it and out. it's so funny on that shift. Before we get into the penalties, uh, Darnay. I don't know if you ever. There's a, a video that goes around all the time. It's a volleyball game, and this guy spikes the ball and he hits a guy in the opposite team in the face, and the guy lays falls down. And as he's getting up, the spike hits him in the head again. Then as he's trying to get up again, now it hits him in the back of the head. And then as he's going again, and he gets like ten times. He's he's out cold, but he keeps getting hit in the head, and he saves the point. And it's all fake. Well, that's what I. Well, that last power play. That's what I thought Deharnay was. Every time he stood up, he was blocking a Pasternak one timer. He got he blocked the one. Then he's he's bent. 
over. Here comes the Pasternak. He goes, he gets hit again. And then again, like four or five in a row. And Pasternak, he's, he's world class. That guy can shoot, and it would hurt. And Dayarne, time and time again, probably why he two-handed or he slashed Pasternak. He'd had enough uh, of his one-timers. But Dayarne at that point had one of the best shifts he'd had in the National Hockey League. Unfortunately for him, he ended taking the penalty, which looked like at that point, a five on three for a minute 46. Minute 56 Minute even. 56, that is gonna be the end of the, the hockey game. And Boston calls a timeout, and I've, I'm thinking they're saying, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna work it around, three guys back. Mm -hmm. Instead, the Oilers got two of their best scoring chances in the game while down two men. McDavid and Dreisaitl had a two on one didn't get a shot away and then nurse had a one-timer I, I, I thought he put it wide but uh, I, I thought it hit swim and I couldn't tell pat? okay on that one there I wish Leon would have shot well I don't know if nurse quite well nurse didn't quite get all of it no he didn't uh, I wish but it's funny it's a it's a three on two and all three Oilers are below the hash marks in the offensive zone. Those are the only three Oilers yeah. on the ice. Like, they, there was three Bruins behind. They could have had a three-on-oh if it bounces the right way. Here's where the mistake was made. The Oilers are down a goal, and they're shorthanded by two for almost the remainder of the game. You know that Leon and Connor are coming on the ice. It's they're down a goal. They need. They're not going to try to kill off the five on three. They're going to. They, we're going to have our best players out there. Maybe we might even pull our goalie to get four guys out there. So when Montgomery put five forwards on the ice, it's like they're one bad pass away from a corner breakaway. Uh, I, I know that it was Creechy and Pasternak were guys playing defense. There's most NHL defensemen can't play one on one against Connor. And you're asking two forwards to skate backwards maybe every third game. They have to skate backwards. You're asking them to go against those guys. And then, like, if it's a two-on-two, -two, they don't know how to play a two-on-two. -two. Like, usually there's a defenseman back. Okay, go, I got this guy. There, there's communication. So, to me, that was uh, a, a mistake made by Montgomery that almost came back to bite them not once but twice. Uh, the Oilers made a two-man short quite exciting turned the end of a game that should have been over into must-watch TV. And the Oilers are unfortunate not to have snuck a point out of this game with the way they killed that last, last penalty off. Okay, so 3-2 Boston wins it. Troy is also a winner tonight of River Cree set the line. River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. He took the under for three and a half combined goals by McDavid. Posternak and Dreisaitl. He wins a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. So McDavid does get two, and obviously it'd be a little uh, more celebratory if it would have come in a victory, but he does get to 50 goals for the first time in his career, and it was a nice one. Hey, oh, it was a beautiful goal. Uh, Swayman had absolutely zero chance. Connor's coming in with speed, and he could have done anything, and all he did was uh, deke the goalie out of his jock, have a wide open net to put in for his 50th. Huge excitement at the time because it was a huge goal. And we probably would be more excited as Oilers fans if we didn't think that 60's probably in the cards for Connor before this season is over. So a great milestone, but I don't think the 50 goal milestone is going to be the last big number that he gets with goals this year. I wouldn't put him past getting 60. But first time he's ever done it uh great players 
work on things in the offseason, come back with a, a different mindset. Connor McDavid's talked about it. He came back. He was going to shoot this year. He was going to score this year, and he scored better than anyone else in the NHL. Now, I also think part of the story of this game is, so one of the Oilers stars gets their two goals. The Boston goal scorers tonight, Nosek, Zaka, and Felino. Uh, the fourth for Nosek, the tenth for Felino, and the fourteenth for Zaka, who's you know a pretty good, good pretty good player. Probably, probably going to bottom get six to, guy. Get to twenty. I mean, Pasternak uh, got an assist. Now Bergeron missed a large chunk of the first period, and, and maybe who knows? Marchand, you mean? Marchand, sorry, yeah. Marchand, uh, yep. Marchand uh, and, and maybe shouldn't have even been playing in the game if there was you know who who knows how bad that that cut is. But uh, it, but to me, that's part of the part of the story. At Boston, the the depth players are not the primary scorers found a way to get all three of their goals and, and the Oilers secondary players though while having some chances didn't put the puck in the net uh, true the, the Oilers secondary players have had a really good run for quite a while now uh, it, the Bruins best players Bergeron Marchand uh, the thing that what sets them apart is they're just as good defensively as they are offensively so they uh, they took on the role tonight of trying to slow down the Oilers top players and they can do that and not have to force things because they have talent all the way through their lineup. They can expect their second, third, and fourth line players to produce. And, and those players did. The, you don't have a record like the Bruins have, uh, where you only have eight losses on the season this late in the year, unless you've got different ways to win hockey games. And uh, they are the class of the National Hockey League. They got a little bit better at the deadline, Orlov I thought was fa fantastic for them tonight. Hathaway gives them some toughness and a little bit of nastiness in their fourth line. But yes, 100%, the Oilers' complementary players had opportunities that they didn't finish. The Boston Bruin complementary players, well, they won the game. They got the three goals that were needed to win this hockey game. And that is our quick change tonight. For Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game, visit your local Jiffy Loop today. 3-2 Boston wins it, so uh, a second loss here in a row for the Oilers. They are now 32-21-8 and eight on the season. We, of course, are uh, happy to hear from you this evening. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Now to Derek Ryan, who will clear the puck out to center. Solid hit by Clean Costin as he knocks Lindholm right into the Oiler bench. Yeah, Costin with a couple of big hits tonight that's the crunch of the game for cougar Payton collision our family helping your family for 40 years and counting bruins get the victory 3-2 over the oilers tonight at rogers place 2-1 boston after one 3-2 after two and no scoring in the third period both oilers goals including his 50th of the season by this man connor mcdavid yeah yeah disappointing obviously um you know they're uh, obviously the best team in the league and you know, I thought uh, we played them hard and uh, gave ourselves a chance to win. What do you think was the difference ultimately for you guys? Uh, we didn't. We have a couple looks and we don't. Uh, we don't capitalize. You know, against a team that uh, doesn't give up much. You know, Yams has a couple looks. You know, a couple, couple plays here and there, and it's a different game. So is that? Possible? 
positive that you take out of this? So you guys are right there against maybe you know one of the teams that the league's seen in a long time. Well, it's good for good for our confidence you know, know, to know that uh, we can play with them. Um, you know, that's the league's best, and um, you know we can play with them. That's a good sign. The margin for errors against teams like that. So whether it's missed opportunities or penalties or whatever, it feels like the margin's pretty slim in a game like that. Yeah, very. You know, um, you know they do a good job of. Uh, of uh, you know shutting things down and, and uh, you know when they get a lead they they do a good job of uh, closing it out. You know it's uh, um, impressive to see. I know you guys didn't make many mistakes, but the few you did, they capitalized on. They just seem to be that team that knows how to take advantage of miscues. Yeah, uh, winning is a skill. You know, and they've obviously mastered it. Um, you know, they capitalize on on, uh, on mistakes here and there, and you know they don't give up much. Hit, hitting 50 goals is a big deal for, for any player. I mean, the situation isn't great, but that's, that's a pretty major milestone. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice number. <laughs> what did Leon, I, what did he say to you when he came over after your 50? <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> wow. Well, Dreisaitl's done it a couple of times. McDavid gets to 50 today, but the Oilers lose 3-2 to the Bruins. McDavid, the first star of the game. Zaka with the game-winning goal. The second star, Orloff, who is a big guy on the back end for Boston. New addition from Washington is the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, actually, there's a lot of different players for the Oilers. Uh, I, I thought they had a good game. I thought Tyson Berry on the back end played well. I thought DeHarnay, I mean, that shift alone where he blocked four Pasternak shots was good. And uh, Skinner had a good game. It, it, this was a game I thought both teams played very well that the Bruins capitalized, the Oilers didn't. So having said all of that, I'm going to give it to, I know with Vinny DeHarnay, anyone that is willing to block not one, two, three, or four, but five shots and one penalty kill, he deserves some kudos for that. That one-timer Pasternak took in the second period, oh. it was so quick, I was, I was thinking, oh, here comes the shot and he'd already taken the shot, and he shot it wide off the back wall, but man, he can zing it. There's a reason he scores 40 every year. Uh, he, he's incredibly talented. Had a number of good looks today. Um, the Oilers did a really good job uh, of getting in shooting lanes. Whenever he had the puck, they put their body on the line, and it, you gotta be brave to, to put yourself, I mean, he, he probably shoots it at about 95 on an off day, and it's an absolute bullet and you know that when you're in that shooting lane he's not he's not saying oh someone's in the shooting lane i better pass this one he's shooting 100 percent of the time so you know it's going to hit you and it's going to hurt so give the oilers penalty killers credit tonight for putting themselves in, in harm's way and to me day rna on that last penalty kill that gave the oilers an opportunity to uh to, to come back and have an op to the two-on-one and the three-on-two with Connor and Leon. Give him credit for the big blocks that he made. Boston 0-for-5 on the power play. Oilers 0-for-1. McDavid's 50th goal was scored 4-on-4. Blocked shots in this game, 15 by Boston, 18 by the Oilers, including four by, Nahar, by DeHarnay and seven by Darnell Nurse. So the trade deadline's Friday. I, I, we don't have sound here, but I saw the text on the bottom. Frank Cervelli from Daily Faceoff, he's a regular on Stop Show, predicted that the Oilers are going to be the busiest Western team at the deadline. It doesn't take much right now to be the busiest <laughs> Western team unless you're Minnesota laundering money. Uh, and... <laughs> And, you know, I haven't uh, watched it yet, but uh, on Oilers Plus, uh, Tony Barr had an interview with Ken Holland where he said, and some fans won't like this, he said, well, Evander Kane's going to be our trade, line, trade deadline acquisition, <laughs> which 
is one way to look at it, but that's not what Oilers fans are thinking. We know Cade's coming back, and he will help. He would have helped in a game like this. But, you know, th this the, the teams that can play like Boston are, are the teams you got to beat. And the Oilers played well tonight, still lost, right? They did. Um, to me, everyone's expecting something big. I mean, Eric Carlson, uh, there was excitement that Eric Carlson was coming here, and we kept trying to say, oh, I'm not sure that one's going to happen. Eric Carlson and the San Jose Sharks have said, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. It's a, If he does get moved, it'll be a summertime thing. Uh, depth. To me, it, it's depth players. Uh, I uh, although, if, if the Oilers get any depth players, I'm not sure where they're going to go because they have salary cap issues. Right now, the Oilers are only allowed to have 20 players on their roster. So the Oilers are going to have to move out contracts. They can't bring anybody in unless they do. And to me, the, look for a depth defenseman or a depth forward. If they can make a splash, I like Ekholm, but that is a big contract that you're bringing in for three more years after this. And he's 34 years old right now. So, I, I guess, I know that everyone, this is the window. Everyone wants them to win. Uh, it's, the others are still handcuffed to an extent because of salary. But we have seen around the National Hockey League, teams are laundering money. The, the others need a Minnesota Wild team. Somehow, someone to step up and say, okay, we'll hide some money for you for a little while. Uh, but you're going to have to pay handsomely with a, some middle round or early round draft picks for us to do it for you. All right, Oilers lose 3-2 to Boston. The hotline 780-496-0063 presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Chris standing by. Hi, Chris. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Good. Um, hey, I just wanted to say it was uh, your uh, your volleyball video guy was Scott <laughs> Sterling, and I think uh, that was a brilliant. I had a perfect line where my seats were tonight of that happening, and I think your uh, your correlation there was perfect. So well done there. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, I just wanted to say um, I I just think it would be I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna start with I'm a Leaf fan, but I love the Oilers, and I watch Connor. McC David this year and last year I could have pointed out a lot of things that were a little bit of a struggle on defense and that sort of thing with him but this year I have never seen one single player lead a team like he is this year and it'll be a darn shame if they can't figure this out and uh, and turn this around for him he has been phenomenal so well, I, I, I think that yeah, I mean, e even incredibly talented players mature and learn from experience and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I think he and Leon, even in the playoffs last year, started to take it a little personally against L.A. I mean, they were down 3-2 in that series, went into L.A. and won. Certainly, and I, as you say, Rob, they're, they're pretty physical players as it is. But yep. I, I, think, I think those playoff games last year were instructional. Uh, now... Again, who's who's around Connor? Who are they going to play? Is it going to be a good matchup, bad matchup, all that kind of stuff? I mean, I had a buddy text me during the game today and said, "How do they beat LA if LA plays like Boston is playing in the postseason?" You know, fair concern. It's true. LA LA is going to give them a, a good series if that's who they play. And right now, I believe that's who the first round series would be. Uh, LA looks to get better at the deadline too. They they've all there's a lot of talk about them getting Chickering. LA's got a good hockey team. Um, I, I think with Connor and Leon and. 
the uh, one thing when a hockey player says something you don't always have to believe it because they're only going to give you the quotes that they want to give you they're not always fully honest but the one thing that connor and leon have talked a lot about this year is they don't want it's not individual stuff anymore it's team stuff. They want a Stanley Cup. They want to be recognized as Stanley Cup champions. That's why this year you see the leadership in more areas than just scoring goals. They want to have a championship at season's end, and they're going in the right direction. Okay, $200 donation tonight from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with 100 bucks for every Oilers goal to 630 Jed Santos Anonymous. 3-2, the Bruins win it tonight. You're going to get to uh, hear from Zach Hyman from the Oilers dressing room as we move along. Joe and Frank are up next on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Back after the news and weather for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Right wing to Marshawn. Side of the net, DeBrusque across, Pasternak waiting across for the one-timer. Nice save made by Skinner off of Marshawn. Got it with a left pad. Mar- that was on that Boston power play late in the third period. Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Skinner stops 25 out of 28. Swayman is the winning goaltender. He stops 22 out of 24. Boston cruising along. Now 46-8-5 on the season. They beat the Oilers 3-2. Edmonton's record 32-21-8. They're going to host the Leafs on Wednesday. Who do you think the goalie's going to be? Uh, you know, we're talking off air, and you asked me that, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, I would think the goalie that has played the better as of late has been Stuart Skinner. I thought Skinner gave them a, a strong start today. So, I mean, I never guess, right? But I, I would probably go with Stuart Skinner. I mean, there's there's six hard games. Well, actually, probably seven hard games in a row that the Oilers are playing. Both goaltenders are going to get ample opportunity to play against a quality opponent. They're going to need strong starts from both of them. Um... I'd probably go with Stuart Skinner. All right, the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Joe on the line. Hi, Joe, go ahead. Hey, fellas, how are you doing tonight? Good. I just had a, cu- a couple things. Well, first of all, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, the Oilers lost 3-2, to two, put up an effort. Unfortunately, they fell short. Uh, second thing is, is they're talking about a defenseman. They need somebody back there. Well, come, why don't they think about maybe moving Darnell Nurse in the summertime? They're never going to move Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse is yeah. their best defenseman by far. There's no one even close. He is their best defenseman. Is he paid too much? Yeah, you can argue that. But there's nobody even close for the Edmonton Oilers on the back end. And and Woodcroft thought thinks that. Dave Tippett thought that. Ken Hitchcock thought that. He's he's by far their best. And I don't understand. He. Uh, I don't. I didn't see tonight's stats, but Darnell Nurse is plus 20 on the season. He, he was minus two. Today. Okay, but he was tw- plus 20. He led. He leads the team in plus minus. He was first on defense in plus minus last year. He was first on defense the year before. He gets 40 points a season. He only plays against the other team's top players. I don't understand the hate on Darnell Nurse, and uh, if, if maybe it's his contract, but that's not on him. Darnell Nurse. There's no one even close on the back end to Darnell Nurse for what they have in the organization. Well, it's good. I mean, people are going to keep asking, right? I know. I, 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 that one's the one I don't understand. I thought. I mean, what? I mean, what a play he made tonight, jumping up in uh, the three-on-two when they were shorthanded, then getting back. I, I got to be honest. That was one of the most exciting finishes to a hockey game 
that I've, I've seen. They're, I mean, you, you're two men short and down a goal, and you get the two best scoring opportunities. Like, that, that is absolutely shocking. And it is actually amazing that the Oilers didn't score in either one of those because they had their three best players with good looks and they weren't able to capitalize. But a, a, a fantastic finish to a game that normally, with normal human beings, and Connor and Leon aren't, uh, normally a five on three, you don't, you don't touch the puck, you don't see the puck, you don't even come close to the puck. And Leon and Connor made uh, something out of absolutely nothing a couple times there and unfortunate not to be able to tie that game up. Oilers lose 3-2. Whenever they score five or more in a game, you can go to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. We'll go to Frank on the open line. Frank, go ahead. Hey, guys, good discussion tonight. Uh, I want to pick up on uh, missed opportunities. I know you guys discussed it. I listened to the game tonight more than watched because of circumstances, and I noticed in Stoffer's voice great disappointment tonight in uh, Yakamoto, who had four or five grade-A scoring chances and even a couple of grade-B ones and uh, not even a sniff. Uh, I, you know, I give Woodcroft credit for sticking with the kid, but uh, the expectations are that, you know, you get that many chances, you got to put one away. And I think they described a couple of them as tap-in style things. I didn't well, one see in the on first television. period. One in the first period, definitely. That was a wonderful that's, pass that's by Bouchard. Yeah, Bouchard made a great a play to him. Now, yeah. it did, uh, it was a little tight to his body, but as a player, a goal scorer, you, you adjust. Uh, that's one that's going to bug him a lot. He had a ton of opportunities. Again, players miss those uh, all the time. But when you only got five goals on the season, they're much more noticeable that you're missing them. So the Oilers need more production out of Kyler Yamamoto, 100%. Okay, 780-496-0063. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. He's at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers forward, Zach Hyman. But it was a playoff-like game. You know, they're they're going to have the best record in the league, right? So they're they're a really good team. Uh, and uh, it's a tight game, tight game out there. And, yeah, as you continue to progress in the season, you play against teams like that, you know, they're getting ready for the playoffs. So that's how they're playing. I feel like your team is sort of past, but we learned a lesson from that game. Mm -hmm. You guys are fair ways yep. along, but what, do you learn something when you go up against that team, a team that's as good as they are? You learn something about where you stand. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we can we can beat anybody. Right? I think we're you know we're we're a strong team. The tonight's game was tight. I don't I don't know what the chances were, um, but there weren't many both ways. And uh, and yeah, you don't win every game you're in. Obviously, that was one that we wanted to win, but I thought that our effort was there. I thought that we executed on a bunch of plays. Uh, a couple you know we didn't and they, they they're a really good team and made us pay so I, I think uh, we're at the point now where we're confident in what kind of group we have and you know you got to be able to beat those those good teams is there anything you'd want to see yourself as a team do differently though in a game like this to ultimately be successful next time yeah just clean up the small errors I think uh, the less errors you make the less you know you give a team like that right it's it's hard to create in games like this where the pace is high um, and you know all, all a team like that needs is a, is a small error and then it's a two-on-one or a, you know a breakdown and you know it's in your net so uh, just limit those and just 
continue to push. We have another really good team coming in uh, soon, so it'll be good. Um, question about Connor hitting 50. He, he kind of... I think under any circumstances, it's something that you should be proud of, even for for him, you know, somebody who gets, uh, you know, paces the league in, in pretty much every offensive stat. Uh, I think it's his first time hitting 50, and that's a milestone to be proud of, and uh, he's, he's the, the reason we were, you know, we were on the board tonight. He got both, and uh, just drives our team, and is uh, is the best player in the world, so he's he's humble about it. But uh, yeah, I think it's you know I think he's really taken a, a step himself in, in regards to to attacking the net more and, and taking it on himself. And uh, I think you you see the results. That is Zach Hyman after a 3-2 Oilers loss to Boston on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In the third, Anaheim leads Chicago 3-2, about 13 minutes left. Ottawa dumping Detroit 6-2. Kuzmenko in overtime. Canucks beat Dallas 5-4. And Colorado shutting out Vegas 3-0. So Vegas had a chance to uh, move a little further ahead in the Pacific Division. They do not. The Oilers had a chance to move two points behind them. They do not. And actually, I, I don't have the standings in front of me. Colorado, who was on the outside looking in not too long ago and then was a wild card for a long time, are they tied with Dallas yet? Are they leading the division? It's got to be uh, close now. I believe they're two behind Dallas. Uh, they should be second now. The, this, yeah, the Jets have been bumped down to a wild card. So the Colorado Avalanche, who we all thought were going to have a run at some point. Yeah, so they're two behind Dallas with two games in hand. Colorado has been on a bit of a run and doing it with some injuries. Landis has been out, expected to be back for the playoffs. And Kale McCarr, all-world defenseman, is out right now with a concussion. Colorado, again, is deep. And I know that uh, it's always an exciting week for fans and media, the trade deadline week. Hey, the Western Conference just starting to get, I think they... Their invitations got lost in the mail to the trade deadline. The East got theirs all first and have been going crazy for the last couple of weeks. I would imagine, and this is what, in the East, there's the arms race in the Leafs and the Bruins Tampa Bay division, understandably. And then the Rangers, they're like, okay, let's make a run this year. We got a good team. But out West, the teams are so close. You would think that if someone made something special happen on the trade deadline, Maybe that's what puts them over top. Because I don't, I, I, when if the playoffs started tomorrow in the Western Conference, I, the Oilers may be the favorite, but it'd be there'd be. I don't think anyone would expect any series to be an upset. Oh, Minnesota won in the first round. They're a wild card team. Well, I can see that they got a good team. Oh, Dallas moved on. Well, they've been there before. Nobody really surprises you if they win, and no one really surprises you if they lose. So to me, if there's a, a conference, it would think a big trade could make that team special i think it's the western conference because the teams are so close and there's no automatics in this western conference i mean colorado's they've won six in a row they have Seven, one or two in their last 10. yep and with them the, the thing is there are certain teams i think as long as they're in the playoffs they have a chance you don't look at the regular season record as much True. i mean Bo i know boston this year has this amazing record but you always for believe the last seven years or so it's like well boston's got a chance yeah you know, pittsburgh, pittsburgh before they start to drop off but what are they a third seed sixth seed i don't care they got yeah. a chance 100 yeah. percent. the thing with colorado though this is a team that won the stanley cup they lost some significant pieces they lost their goalie uh, they lost Kadri, who was a fantastic hockey player. So they've lost some pieces from last year's team. So they're not as strong. 
so to me, again, make the playoffs. You make the playoffs, stay healthy, get some goaltending and a bounce here or there, and you can have a deep run. All right, let's go to Scott on the Certainty Hotline. Scott, go ahead, please. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, not terribly disappointed in tonight's game, but uh, uh, I thought they hung in there. And, uh, you know, get big, bad Bruins is pretty good. At any rate, uh, I'm just looking at defense and, uh, um, you know, all the trade rooms and stuff. And, Rob, you had mentioned uh, just depth, just depth. Man, this, this team needs a defenseman that can move the puck that can get Connor and Leon the puck. Because it didn't happen all night. Flips on the glass, flips up the middle of the net. The only big pass up the, uh, to Connor today was from Leon in our own zone. So that needs to be addressed huge. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Scott, stay, stay on the line. I, I, would, I, I respect your opinion. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. I think well, Barry can pass. I think Nurse can pass. I, I think Bush can pass if he's given it to the right team. If, if, you know, Vinny made one nice pass tonight, though usually he's off the glass and out. I, th I think CeCe is a capable passer. I, I, I still would prefer just some meat back there. I think they okay. need a, a really good, strong defensive presence. I, I, I do someone that plays with a little nastiness, but a quality player. Um, uh, the Oilers could use an upgrade on the back on the back end, 100%. No, I'm not saying I wouldn't turn down a, a puck mover. No, well, no, because, absolutely. Because you know, if that's part of defending, is getting it on the other end of the ice. But the, the, yeah. Ken Holland's gonna have to be creative because to bring in a, a splashy player, or a bigger name player, or a bigger contract, they got to get rid of a bunch of money. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I got a. I got a proposal. If you want to hear it. Sure. Well, of course we do. That's the only reason I came to work today. <laughs> okay. But at any rate, just to finish off on my point, um, I mean, against the Bruins tonight, yeah, they're a pretty good forechecking team. But as a whole, this whole uh, throughout this whole year, we've had trouble getting the puck to Connor and Leon, and they've said it themselves. They wanted a uh, guy that can get them the puck. And yes, Barry is probably the the best one that can do it. But it's not. It's not happening all the time. So here's but, my proposal. Okay, but before you before before you put your proposal, I mean, they're number one, two in the National Hockey League. Connor McDavid's on pace for his best ever year. I'm not sure why, that they've had trouble the getting them the puck the though. for a puck mover then? All right, let's hear your let's hear your proposal, Scott. Okay, so it it hurts, right? Okay, it hurt. You got to give to get. So we're starting with Bouchard. Then at 23 first. Or you pick Reed Schaefer, or you pick Forgo. You give Yamo for money in, money out. And uh, uh, a farm prospect, I'm thinking Carter Savoy, but either a, you know, a, a B prospect uh, that's agreed upon. Now, I don't want anyone to switch over Yamo to JT because Yamo has uh, got term, and it helps pay for Chikrin for a, an extra year. And on top of that, Yamamoto disappears for 40 games at a stretch for the last two seasons, and I've got the stats here to prove it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's... Uh, wait, but uh, you think that's a great trade for the Oilers? No. <laughs> but it, but it, it, if well, that's how expensive he is, I think it's a fair trade. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I actually don't. That's... But the, I don't okay, mind that. Okay, so it's right now, though. Okay, but right now, if that's you, more realistic than a lot of proposals we get, Rob. True. No, I agree. But the thing is, how do the Oilers have enough players to finish the season then? Yes. Well, because right Absolutely. now, 
Well, yeah, but if you're getting Chikrin and you're getting rid of two guys, the Oilers right now only have 20 players on the roster because of salary cap, right? So there's only 20 players here. They have no extras. You're not allowed to have an extra. If you get rid of Bouchard, Inyamamoto, that's two guys coming off your yeah, roster. Yeah, coming you're in, and then, one. and then Holloway gets activated. Yeah, but you can't have extra players up here. You're going to only have, you're going to have to get rid of somebody for Holloway to come up because of salary cap. The reason Holloway went down, right now the Oilers had to send Holloway down for salary cap reasons, correct? Yes. yes. So but the Bush, Bouchard and Yamamoto, Yamamoto that, I think, would about cancel out Chikrin. Okay, so you get Chikrin. You just got rid of two guys. So there, right now we're, you're one guy short. You can't bring well, up all the way. it's close enough, though, it's where it's going to actually be discussed. Yeah, but you have to have another. Yeah, that's only 19 players. That's not, even, that's not enough guys for the roster, let alone having an extra player up here because of injury. You've got to get rid of more salary. They brought Yamamoto back, so they had to get rid of DeHarnay and Holloway. So Yamamoto leaving and, and Bouchard leaving, you bring Chikrin in, that's the same yeah, amount I'm of money. I'm just saying that his trade is actually possible. I mean, it's within, but it's, it's within but a... But it's, it's not, within though. A, it's not, yes, though, it because is. you don't have enough players. You only have 19 players. You've got to get rid of more money. I don't understand how you don't have 19 players. They, well, they, they, the they dressed okay. 20 players tonight. So he's saying Chikrin for Yeah, but you're Bouchard, getting rid of two players. All the way for no, okay. Yamamoto. You're getting rid of two players. So now you're down to 18 players. You're bringing in Chikrin. Now you have 19 players. And then you activate Holloway. But you can't. You don't have a, the money. Yamamoto and Bouchard, if you say it's the same money as Chikrin, the reason we don't have an extra player up here is because of salary cap. We only have 19 players. You can't bring Holloway up. Then you're over the over the salary. Uh, you're nitpicking. I mean, he actually, well, he actually made a half-decent proposal. No, again, you've, it doesn't work, though. You have 19 players. You're not going to play the rest of your 19 players. Like, we actually get a good trade proposal, and you're going to pick, pick the guy Well, apart. you're going to have to get rid of something. you got to get rid of more money. I actually think that might work. Well, it would, except you, can't you only have 19 players on your roster. Oh, yeah, Vinny's still on an emergency recall. I know he is. Yeah. And as soon as someone comes back, still it's close though. Like it's 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 they it can but be discussed. I never I said you can discuss, but you've got to get rid of more money. That's the thing. You can't you can't just bring can't make a trade just because it it feels nice about it. It's got to work under the salary cap. That's what Ken Holland's dealing with right now. I'm right. I'm just saying that that could be possible to no to you'd have something no. out. You'd have, well, you'd have to do more. That's I, yeah. Again. Maybe we'll do more. Oh, well, then that's great. But I'm just saying that trade right there doesn't work. All right, well, I think that was one of our better trade calls, personally. 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Bruins. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, final of Rogers place tonight. Boston Bruins 3, Edmonton Oilers 2. What else is new? Bruins win again they're going to challenge the uh, all-time league record of 62 wins in a season john shannon made a good point on the face-off show that says regardless of other records that could be said he think much uh, montreal going 68 and 12 60 wins eight losses 12 ties in uh, was it 76 77 is the greatest regular season of all time different eras overtime no overtime different number of teams in the league but it's fun to talk about 
Well, I guess, I mean, Boston still has a chance to stay at eight regulation losses, though, it's, like the Canadians. It's incredibly impressive. It, it is what the Boston Bruins are doing now. They've got veteran players that have come back on good contracts. I know Stoff talked before the game that uh, Bergeron and Krejci combined make $3.5 million. Uh, that's that's pretty good in your salary cap era when you can get your first and second line center making a combined three and a half million dollars. Bergeron is still one of the best two two way players in the National Hockey League. So uh, they came back to, with a chance for to win a championship, and uh, so far it looks like a, a pretty good move by by Bergeron because their team is outstanding and he's having another strong year. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Pran standing by. Hi, Pran. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I wanted to say two things. Uh, first, I think if we're making a, uh, uh, or if we're hopefully making a cup run in the next three years, I think uh, I think you sell the farm, and I don't. I think you keep Bouchard and Broberg, especially the way they played tonight against a great team like Boston. So you think they should sell the farm? I think they should sell. Uh, I think uh, Kenny should be ready to sell. Uh, first round picks in the next three years and I think he should he should be uh, ready to sell guys like Schaefer guys like Borgo over Broberg and Bouchard who can but, help us no, no, the, the, It's true. The only thing is uh, Bouchard and Broberg would be uh, more wanted than the guys they have in the minors The guys in the oh, minors no, I are, agree. and in the first round draft, I mean the first round pick the Oilers Depending where they are in their standings. It's gonna be a late first round pick. So if you're selling the farm Broberg and Bouchard would be more of doing that simply because their first round pick's going to be late, so it's not as attractive. And the guys in the minors are, you're hopeful that they can play in the NHL. Right now, they know Broberg and Bouchard can. Uh, to me, I, I, I think all of those players are in play. I think Bouchard's in play. I think Broberg's in play. It depends what you get coming back. But yeah, I do agree that the, the window is here. I don't think the Western Conference is near as strong as the East. And a big trade or, or some good additions this week, whichever team in the Western Conference makes the, 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 the best moves at the deadline, that might put them over the top. And the Edmonton Oilers does have some capital. So this is a, a, if there's an opportunity, I think Ken Holland's going to want to take it. All right, what else, Brent? And uh, the second thing I wanted to kind of get to is uh, I think CC is a great defenseman and obviously Nurse. Uh, Nursey is beautiful, but uh, I think uh, CC's been asked uh, too much of playing on the on the first pair there, and I think having him on the second uh, second pair on a Stanley Cup team would be very good for a second pair uh, shutdown. And I think that the ideal play would be for Kenny to get a get a great partner for Nurse. No, you're uh, you're 100% right. If CC's in your second pairing, that's a very good second pairing, but. It's top pairing right-hand defensemen are going to be hard to find, and if you find one, he's going to be very, very expensive, both in contract and both in assets. you got to give up to get him. All right, get more on this game on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca, Boston 3, Edmonton 2 is the final. Our next game broadcast presented by Friesen Brothers is Wednesday, 4.30 for the face-off show. Game at 6 as the Oilers will host the Toronto Maple Leafs. Will Jack Campbell get the start against his former team? Thanks to Troy Bowler. Our game day engineer here at Rogers Place and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chad. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford. Overtime open line.